This is Kevin. And this is Ron. And this episode of Your Valuable Home is brought to you by Provia. Provia, a faith-based company that makes entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood-clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone, and metal roofing, all of incomparable quality. Welcome to Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast for listeners who believe that residential real estate is the way to build wealth. Hi, I'm Kevin Kennedy, a working contractor and host of Your Valuable Home. Your Valuable Home is for homeowners and investors alike who want to acquire and improve real estate based upon educated decisions. And I'm Ron Milk, Your Valuable Home producer and co-host. Our weekly one-hour podcast is not about doing it yourself. It's about hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. And it's not about flipping. It's about buying and holding to build wealth. Homeowners and investors who strive to create wealth and financial freedom with real estate and avoid costly home improvement mistakes your valuable home is for you the project replay made redoing our kitchen and bath trouble free your horror stories have kept us from hiring the wrong contractors the college segments have taught us how to keep toxins out of our home what to look for in replacement windows how to borrow sensibly against home equity and more college teaches investors like me how to freshen up my rentals without spending a fortune their suggestions are great for roi it's time for your valuable home Hey, Kev, for replay today, we've got Joanne back, and Joanne has moved into her, I guess, uh, mother suite. Right? Yeah, her she is suite. in. Yeah, okay. Chuck, yeah, her son had put a, a, a suite on for her. I mean, she, believe yeah. me, she got the, the suite. This is the creme de la creme suite. So it's a sweet suite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very nice. And it was, you know, I got to say, it was awesome. Awesome. When you have, as a contractor, when you have very good customers to work with, the job just went so smooth. I mean, every morning she went out at 645 because it was so hot in the summertime, got us waters and a few other things. And we were always well, we hydrated. So we uh, we had a good time. So we're going to talk to her, Joanne, who's back on the air for the, the final time when talking about her final edition. So how was it moving in the first day when I completed everything? I had a lot of room to fill up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you living in prior? Pardon me? You, you said you were living in something prior. Like where did your son put you from the beginning? Oh my God, I was almost in, I was in a room and it was a little bit bigger than a broom closet. <laughs> yeah. And I, I lived in a one bedroom for a year. With all the with brooms. me and my two dogs. <laughs> and all the brooms. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all, well, he had the living room and all that, but you know, I had everything that I needed in that room and so, and everything else is in storage. So until we added on. Well, you know what's funny is when, it, when yeah. you hear these stor- horror stories that get called into the show, and they always talk about oh the addition. It's it's they started the job, but they haven't been back in six seven weeks, and they're coming. Then he came for another two weeks, then they were gone for another five weeks. When Chuck was on, reminding our listeners the the, the show prior that we did with Chuck, and I said, hey Chuck, you know, did you think that when when I gave you the the show listings of exactly what I'm going to be doing every day when we start the job that we're going to complete the job in three and a half to four and a half weeks? He's like, there's no way you're going to do it. But he just let me roll with it because I didn't take any money. And we held. It was four and a half weeks. We started framing that edition out. It was four and a you half weeks. had some weeks. bad weather probably during that time. Oh, too, we right? did. <laughs> when we were doing the foundation, we had moats that were, alligators were filling it up because it was about three feet of moats for the fe- of the footings that we put in. Hmm. So, but Joanne, you, you took a lot of pictures of that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have pictures of that too. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, but luckily... After the rain, once they started the other, it was, we didn't have really too much, a little bit of rain here and there, 
But at the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, how long is this going to take now? Well, so. the picture you sent me last night prior, we're going to be putting on our social media feed, the Your Valuable Home on Instagram and Facebook. My, I, my wife was looking at a few of them, and she saw the one picture where we were framing to the side of the house. That's where the addition went, Ron. And the one mm-hmm. picture had the air conditioner unit that you see on sides of homes <laughs> right. still in the addition. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, well, Dave come up with a great idea. He actually built a platform so we can put the foundation in, and the, the condensate unit was sitting up three feet off the ground. Because Chuck, her son, he sweats eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So he was not going to be happy if he didn't have air conditioner in the main part of the house. Oh, so, so he kept them going. Yeah. Okay. So that's something I said, look, don't worry about it. We'll just take care of it. We did it for him. Chuck was very happy. Uh, and then we put the new unit in and everything was completed. And then within 24 hours, we had that new unit fired up, which we were done about 80% of our work, which up the drywall and all the sanding was done, the dust. Uh, we walked in there the, the second day and the air conditioner was running full speed. But the main part of the house was like 75 degrees. Joanne, what, what the addition, I, I had it buttoned up pretty good. How cold was it in the addition that morning? Uh, I think that was the morning, it was 62. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's inside. <laughs> so I said, listen, don't blame me because I, I, I buttoned it up so tight. But yeah, that's what we do. But that's just the standard building code. Like I didn't do anything special, maybe around the windows, the applications that we talk about on the show. But uh, it's just showing you a, a proper job. Now, can you give our listeners any bit of advice if they're going to be hiring a contractor? Some of the things that you could give them that we did that maybe impressed you that would help somebody else out? Oh, well, that you have to make sure that, because I had other windows put in by somebody else at my other house. And when I watched a video of how you put them in and then seen how you put them in, I wanted to know what I paid for before. <laughs> so... Yeah. If anybody's going to do anything, they have to make sure that they're going to get the right people to put the right stuff in and not charge them an arm and a leg for nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I gave Chuck- Would the- you say that most people put windows in, most contractors put windows in the wrong way? Yes. Most. Well, what I say with roofing and windows is that every job that I see, 98% of windows and remodeling that are installed are done wrong or could be done better. Well, done better means wrong. Exactly. So, so, wrong, so wrong, the app, exactly right. Yeah. But the app, it's not that it's wrong in certain applications. It's they've been doing it this way for years. But why not do a way that might cost about a hundred dollars more for installation, and you'll never have a problem. So we did caulk the windows at her house. But if the caulk wears out, it's got a, a drip cap, a nailing flange, Tyvek, Tyvek tape, rubber, uh, sealant, spray foam insulation that's airtight and watertight before it gets inside the house. Yeah, you want to keep water. Water intrusion in the house causes all sorts of problems. So why not do all this? I think it was $100 more. But even when I gave uh, Chuck and Joanne the price, he said, well, wait wait a minute. Does that include the windows? I'm like, well, yeah, that's supply and install, just like it said. Because he he got a quote of the the front window, which I'll have it on the the social media feed, for $9,000. Mine was $2,500. I did Pro-V and door windows, the top of the line window. So what was he going to put in there? Uh, Same thing I was doing. Pro-V? No, he was uh, uh, a cheaper way, window. It uh, was a cheaper window? But $9,000? Yeah. I mean, look, make, the key is, sense. I, look, I'm not putting anybody down that wants to sell that way. If they want to sell, great. My whole philosophy for 34 years was to sell at a right price to get the job done right, but to do the job right. So, yeah, it might Makes cost sense. a little bit more, but if you don't do it my way, you well, might have problems. in this case, it cost a lot, a lot a bit less. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2500 versus $9,000 for an inferior product and probably inferior installation, too. Oh, yeah. Well, there was no insulation around the other windows uh, that were, were put oh, in. it was, too. All right. It was a bead of clock. One little teeny, the size of a Band-Aid. 
That was it. We call it the token insulation. It was just a little piece. That's all it was. You could, when I took the trim off, you could see straight outside. I think that might be a problem. I'm just going to throw it out there. There might be a problem. When you mm-hmm. take trim off the inside. Sounds that look. way to me, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it was nice because she was there. Chuck was there at the end of time. They got to see step-by-step step of everything that we were doing. Now, again, for our listeners that are just starting to listen to us, because now we're getting a lot of new listeners with the feedback we're getting, uh, I'm the one that physically does the work with Dave. So I always tell people, look at Fine Home Building Magazine, September 2006. And then uh, it was the best edition, summer 2007. The two magazine covers, Dave and I run. Those are the guys doing the work on your house. But you've got to watch. If you don't get the right guys doing the work, you might hire a contractor. Could be some subs come in. What if they do it wrong? Who's quality control checking this? And if it is done wrong, you don't want problems, do you? And that's what we're finding more and more. It's just hiring the right contractor. That's why I was asking you any bit of advice that you can give our listeners that make a, a difference when hiring the right contractor. Wow. Yeah, they have to check into it, make sure that they're doing the right job. Yeah. So bottom line, everything's said and done. You're moved in. Are you loving it? Oh, yes, I am. I even had my sliding door and the screen. I had the door open to get some fresh air in here because it was still a little too cold. <laughs> the air conditioner is running. Yeah, I don't I don't yeah. blame you, Joanne. I can't stand a cold environment. It drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, no, I, I mean, you know, I'm fine in here, and the dogs love it. They just, you know, go and lay wherever they want. So... Yeah, my little puppies. So bottom line, four and a half weeks, we completed your addition. Are you happy? Oh, yes, definitely. Awesome. And, you know, I know you want to do the kitchen, but I don't know. I don't know whether I can do anything to help you out with that. <laughs> well, Chuck, the, he said, listen, here's the thing, is that it, it works, and if it keeps rain off my head, I'm not doing a kitchen. But I said, well, I'm going to put a couple holes in your roof right above the kitchen so you can do the kitchen. He loves cooking. It's time. It should get it done. The kitchen's way outdated. It was done in the 80s. Uh, and, and Mom's Edition looks really nice. Maybe he's into retro. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, no, no, I don't think so. It's going to be a tough sell. I, basically, you were there when I started talking to him. I said, hey, Chuck, listen, we got to do the kitchen. Nope. Like it was an instant. So I, I say, so you're saying no. He just looked at me. Sounds that way to me. Yeah. Don't ask me again. So we had a great time. It was just awesome. Awesome job to work at for contractors and homeowners when they, they bond together like that, the job goes smoother. So if you're hiring somebody, just make sure that you're going to be comfortable with the contract that you're going to be hiring. Because if you're not, believe me, you could have six months of, of horror that we don't want to yeah, have. Having somebody around for six months would be a horror in itself. Right. Yeah. So we got the job done and I will be posting some of the pictures she sent to me on our social media feed so people can see them. Okay. All right, Joanne, thanks for doing this and uh, good luck on your audition. And thanks for coming on, Joanne. Tell oh, your story. You're welcome. Anytime. All right. And if you need more pictures, I probably have some extra ones. I think you <laughs> took 437 of them, you said? Somewhere around there, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've, I'll put a few up, so just scroll through and... Um, You'll, you'll love it. Uh, she did a great job in designing everything. So thanks again for your time. All right, dear. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. What are the latest scams and shakedowns? Let's find out with Ron and Kevin. It's the Bad Guy Bulletin. Okay, Ron, it is time for the horror story, and we are going to be doing the Bad Guy Bulletin this the time. The Bad Guy Bulletin this week, we're going to talk about, I'm sure you've had it too. No, uh, just usually you're the one that get these. What's that? You're the one to get these horror stories that happen to you. No, well, this uh, I, this is nothing I got uh, sent to me or anything. This this is about customer service. My belief today is that that a lot of big companies, not all companies, I mean, our sponsor, Provis, is pretty doggone good at this. They're okay? phenomenal. 
Absolutely. Uh, but a lot of big companies have passed the cost of customer service on to the customer. Because if you're sitting there for 15 minutes waiting for somebody to come on the phone, it's your time, right? And most people do things to make money so they can, you know, pay their credit card bills and all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's out of control these days. I'll give, you, I'll give you one story here. I mean, I'll give you a couple stories, okay? It drives me crazy. They've got these bots going on now, you know, where the bot talks to you and it'll say something. If you like, if it asks you for your telephone number, you'll tell them your telephone number and a bot will say, you said 452-654-5454. No, no, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> and then, then, you know, he said, can you repeat it? And you repeat it. And it'll come up with another number that isn't your number. And you're so, waiting. And you're waiting. And it's your waste, wasted time. Another one that drives me crazy is, um, oh, yeah. When they ask you for your account number and your social security, they ask for your social security, security number, you'll give them the social security, you give them the account number, and it'll say, you said, and it gets it wrong, 5432. Is that correct? No, 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 it's not correct, not correct. And you do it like three or four times and you finally just scream out, give me customer service already, right? It's crazy because in reality, if you didn't repeat the right number, your account number or whatever, or your or whatever numbers they're asking you for to get into mm -hmm. your account, it's going to tell you that, that it's wrong. But how many people get their account numbers wrong, right? So it's a total waste of everybody's time. Oh, yeah. Now I'll give you a real story here. I just went through a merry-go-round of phone calls with a credit card company. I'm not going to mention who they are, okay? But uh, it all had to do with a pay-over-time feature on the card, okay? And most of my calls, like, it's, I don't know how many calls it is, it is at this point. There are five substantive calls. The last one, I got to a resolution where they're going to investigate the whole thing. Four of the calls were in India, Okay. And uh, in one call, I talked to this woman. I said, uh, is, is my pay over time feature on? No, no, it's awful, but I'll turn it on for you. Okay, fine. Call back a couple times later because it wasn't working. I get this guy on the phone and I said, but I want my pay over time feature, right? And so he says, oh, okay, I'll turn it on. All right. <laughs> Next time I get a call from a woman in India. They're all in India. And she says, you're, you're behind, you're, you're overdoing your payment by about $2,000. And I said, I have a pay over time feature. She says, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. I said, this is the third conversation I've had about this. What does it take for me to get a pay over time feature? Then she explains that any past um, charges, can't, you can't do pay over time. It's got to go forward after you get pay over time. She says, she says to me, if you pay... What you be what you're behind on, I'll I'll, I'll kick in your feature, okay. <laughs> Doesn't happen again, right? So I said I got India again, and I said I got to speak to somebody in the United States. This is driving me crazy. I'm ready to I'm ready to shoot myself here, okay. <laughs> so only you. The woman in the United States tells me she says uh, she apologizes for all this, and she says I said. Why would I have to pay the back thing when I requested pay over time and this guy told me I had it? Why am I? I, I said, I think you people really screwed this up, not me, okay? 
check my record. I've been with the company for probably since Abraham Lincoln got the same car. <laughs> and check my record. I never, I never screwed this up. Okay. So this woman had me on the phone and she was, she was really, she was very, very helpful. She was very apologetic, very helpful. She's got an investigation going on. And I said, I'm not lying to you. Tell somebody, whoever listens to these things, this person's eyeballs have to be vibrating from listening to all these, uh, you know, recordings all the time. Tell them to listen to these recordings. I'm not lying to you. This is the truth. This is like clown town. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, I've been dealing with you guys for a long time and it's never been this bad. Never been this bad. So now I'm in this investigation thing. They, they, I, I paid, I just paid them like five grand. Okay. And now my cards were all turned on because they turned them off. Another thing was when your card doesn't work normally, it'll tell you that right at the, the time you're purchasing. No, 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 no. It didn't work that way this time. I have about, I had about eight purchases where they denied the merchant after I left the store, two days, three days after I left the store. So now I got, it's my responsibility to go back and tell all these people about this whole story. This is ridiculous. It's like- Please come knocking at your door. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't they shut the car down if there was something wrong with the car Fraudulent. at the time you're making yeah. a purchase? So none of this makes a lot of sense. And only um, you, Ron. Only I, I said, you. I said, you got a major training job when you're handing in you. Somebody's, somebody's got to tell these people what the heck is really. You could write a here. book on the stuff that's been. Oh, there's no to question you. about it. No question about it. Well, how about the one where we were in the studio last time? And as soon as I left, I texted you and Frank uh, about the email I just received, and I screenshotted it. It said that I have merchandise that's going to be delivered, which I don't order merchandise. What was it? Did they say what it was? No, it just no. said you have merchandise. Well, it's merchandise. I so, if, but Why if you would want you care? It, it's all paid for. We just need to get uh, some more information. So if you could give us a call, we're going to need certain things, information, personal information, so we can release this to make sure it's you. Well, I, I don't order anything. Okay, you want my birthday? You want my social security? What do you want? What do you want? I have it already my for underwear you. underwear size. What do you want? <laughs> So I, you get a kick out of it because it doesn't happen to me. But every time I'm around you, I've been seem to get more of these emails saying, hey, by the way, we uh, we have something for you. You just need to get your social security number. Well, so you're lucky. You're lucky now. I, I, I've i been blessed. I've really, I've been <laughs> blessed with it. So I only had a couple of them, but I've never got them before until now. I think they're, they're weeding us out at the bad guy bulletin when we tell people about, hey, watch out for these scams. And if you watch out for them, now they're coming after now us. Now they're coming after us, yeah. I'll tell you something. If you had a stopwatch, every time you got on the phone with these people or you looked at something that you got in the mail and it was like a bogus thing, it would probably add up to about a month of wasted time in every any given year or more or more. And they're wasting everybody's time. Well, that's what they're thinking. You're going to go away. I can't even do those call-ins when I, when I get the robot because with my voice or... What's your name? Kevin. Did you say John? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no. Uh, it's Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. I don't know how high I can get there. Kevin, just get me through. Then you just can't get through, so you just hang up. So you have to go email. So basically what they're looking at is they're, they're cutting cost on having that personal service, that personal attention. It's gone. Customer service is customer disservice anymore. Well, absolutely. They passed the cost of customer service on their customer, and they probably fired a lot of people. Yep. It's your time now. It's right. your time. They don't care. Right. Yeah, just think I'll about tell it. you another one, a phone company, phone company. They they, they have the chat bot, you know, where you mm -hmm. chat with this thing. And the chat bot, you always get to a, 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 a segment of the conversation where the chat bot's just like stuck in the mud. They don't know what to do. And then you got to go talk to the, the customer service person anyway, who's busy with 25 other calls because they probably only have like one other person sitting beside them. And it takes you a year and a day to get a simple answer to anything. Right. 
Welcome to it. So welcome to it. So anyway, that's the big eye bulletin for the for today. And I, if look, if anybody's having a problem like this and you want to chat about it, maybe talk about it. You don't have to talk about it in a year. Just tell, tell us the story and we'll do it. Call Kevin or write to Kevin. How do they get in touch with you? Kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's our email address. And uh, we'd love to get you on the show to talk about your problems and your story so we can educate our listeners so it doesn't have it to happen to them. All right. I'm off to make my next customer service call. <laughs> <laughs> Got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Kev, we've talked many times about the importance of curb appeal and the value quality products add to exterior home improvements. Provia fiberglass entry doors and vinyl replacement windows add that value. And for huge impact, curb appeal, and value, there's Provia vinyl and polypropylene siding. Yep, the super polymer formulation of Provia siding reflects heat and protects against UV rays and solar heat buildup for lasting color and value. Provia siding comes in traditional, insulated, and decorative profiles, all with the look and texture of real wood. People often stop and ask me about my Provia Cedar Max siding. I've actually gotten siding jobs that way. Okay, so how about colors and styles? My customers love the extensive palette of popular colors, including dark and bold hues. New colors for 2023 include Miss Gray, Harvest Red, and Pine. And Provia offers a wide variety of styles from clapboard to Dutch lap, board and batten, and new Harbor Mill shingle and shake siding. Harbor Mill is reminiscent of traditional rough sawn shingle and staggered hand split cedar shake. Both profiles are modeled after genuine cedar pieces using highly accurate laser scanning to ensure all the detail and texture of real cedar wood grain. Harbor Mill siding was designed with the installer in mind, incorporating built-in features that aid in a more efficient, hassle-free installation. The lightweight rigid panels are easier to handle and include locks, guides, and marks for the installer. That makes for a quicker installation and beautiful curb appeal. Yup, and you can see it all and how the colors and styles work with Provia entry doors and vinyl replacement windows at Provia's fabulous website, provia.com backslash YVH. Check out Provia's design center on the website and experiment with their exterior home visualizer to see how all the different styles, colors of Provia doors, windows, siding, stone, and roofing work together. Once again, Provia delivers on its mission to serve by caring for details in ways others won't. Visualize the possibilities at provia.com backslash YVH. Okay, Ron, it is time for the featured segment. We're going to be starting something new, I believe, going back to the Real Estate Roundup. Well, yeah, we did the Real Estate Roundup in 2022. It is now 2023, and some dynamic things have happened in the marketplace, right? I still got the seller's market. Based on what I know about the market, we got interest rates going up. We got inflation. So we're going to go around the country and find out what realtors in all our top markets are saying about what happened in the first half of 2023 and what's going to happen in 24, right? And we're going to start with uh, New Jersey, actually. Rachel Bachman, franchise owner, Remax Platinum Properties, and Nick Bricker, an independent agent with Remax Platinum Properties. Their focus is the luxury shore home communities in central and southern New Jersey. Okay, for our listeners who aren't familiar with uh, New Jersey Shore communities, can you give us a brief description of your market? Yeah, absolutely. Our market stretches, um, we, know we, we do the shore points all the way, usually from Brigantine down to Cape May, Atlantic City, Margate, Longport, Ocean City, New Jersey's popular Avalon. We also stretch into the inland, which is just offshore, 
Cape May Courthouse, uh, Upper Township, Linwood, Summers Point are some of the popular ones, uh, stretching up to, you know, Abseekin Island and even Galloway Township, which is also very popular. Okay, so you cover uh, you cover a lot of turf. We do. We have five offices, so we have a pretty good spread throughout Atlantic County. Terrific. And can you tell us how Remax Platinum differentiates from the rest of the Remax network? So all of the Remax uh, brokerages are independently operated. So we kind of coin ourselves in being more of a boutique brokerage with that big brand name. So we like to, you know, we have a very tailored select few agents. We don't have a huge roster, all professionals, all people who are very good at the business and who stand by a really good work ethic. So that's kind of where we focus on what we put out and knowing that we have the professionals working for our offices. So since you cover a large swath of the shore, how far is it from, you, you mentioned for people who don't are not familiar with the area, how far is that? How long a stretch would that be from the top of your market to the bottom of your market? Top of the market to the bottom. Um, you know, if you go from Brigantine all the way down to Cape May, I'd say probably like a 50 mile stretch. Okay. Or so. That's a good chunk of geography. Yeah. Okay. So your market, is it largely made up of, of second home buyers being a, like a, a lot of it's seaside? Is it second home buyers? We have a pretty good um, mix, actually. Um, a lot of first time home buyers. We have anywhere on the shore points, you're usually finding your second home or vacation owners, investors that, that are purchasing on the shore points. We even have people that are, you know, Moving down here full time, everything changed, you know, in the last couple of years with where you can work where you want to be happy. Yeah. So <laughs> we're finding a lot of people move down and they want to work where the sunshine is and where the water is. Water's nice and they have a great view. Yeah, I think that's going to continue too. There's that there. I just read a, a couple of stories lately about uh, a lot of big employers want people back in the office again. But I think, uh, you know, once you get used to that kind of lifestyle, it's going to be tough for them to reel those people back in. You know, on a, on a uh, forty hour a week basis. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be tough, but you know, a lot of businesses have adjusted to the fact that maybe it's not all the time in the office, but maybe a couple of days a week. So it makes it more manageable for these people that live further away. Yeah, it's 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 uh, wreaking havoc in, in places like New York with uh, you know commercial space, office buildings. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is what it is, and everybody's just going to have to adjust to it, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so what was your market like in 2022 and the first half of 2023? 2022, um, it was still on the, you know, the we were calling them COVID closings. Um, not that nice of a word, but it's kind of what it was. It was it was a feeding frenzy all throughout 2022. Um, we saw it until the rates started ticking up towards the end of the year. It gave us a little bit of a slowdown, which we expected. Um, and kind of at the, at be honest with you, we all needed because it was, it was a very stressful time for anybody in the industry because, you know, you're trying to get your, do the best for your clients, but it was just such a feeding frenzy out there. So much competition made it very difficult. Going into 23, it's, it's been very steady. Um, there's certain areas that are seeing a significant slowdown, but here I'd say in particular, um, the islands are still busy. Investors are still buying. There's a lot of cash happening. And, and creative financing. So, it, yes, it has slowed down, but I wouldn't say it's come to a stale point. So, like, usually the people are still looking at houses. I'm like, listen, now's the time to buy before 
rates start to, to go down, once they go down, then everybody's going to come out of the woodwork and you're going to have a, a feeding frenzy again, all this competition. So if, if anybody's on the fence listening that is, is considering like, oh, maybe I should wait, don't wait, do it now. Do it now. Bite the, bite the bullet for the next six months on that higher rate, refinance when the time is right. And, you know, in the long run, you'll have the house that you that you want. But do you expect, uh, I, I would imagine, like a lot of other people around the country, uh, are, you ex- are you experiencing a seller's market? It's definitely a seller's market right mm-hmm. now. Yes, it's definitely a seller's market. If something's priced right, it's not lasting more than a week. Okay. But if the interest rates come down, would mm-hmm. that change the seller's market uh, makeup? No, it's the seller's market because we have such light inventory. So, you know, general economics, if there's no inventory and a high demand, it's going to drive prices up. Drive prices up. Okay. So is that what you're anticipating for 24? What what exactly do you see happening in 2024 on the shore and away from the shore? On the shore and away from the shore, my, my prediction based on historical events is that the federal government is going to release some programs that are attractive for home buyers to stimulate the economy because we're heading into an election year. And I think that it's going to stimulate home buying activities, but not necessarily uh, inventory. So, you know, unless there's some kind of a special program for people selling, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be bringing inventory on, but I do think that home buyers are going to be out there being very aggressive again, looking for, you know, their, their next step or their, their upsize, their downsize, uh, their, if kids moved out of the house type thing or first time home buyers. I think everybody's going to be out looking again. Okay. But seller's market, essentially, unless, unless the government does something to, to change that is, is going to be with us for quite some time, isn't it? Seller's market, I think is here to stay for a, a good while. We have a lot of, actually, we have a lot of builders looking down in this area, bigger track builders that are buying land and that are looking even just spot lots around the local area because the demand is so high, which we've never really seen that before in Atlantic County. Well, wouldn't that uh, wouldn't that be an impetus to move the seller's market to, to tamper it down a little bit if, if there's more supply? You think you would think, but the inventory is so light. I mean, it's it's like a third of what it normally is. Hmm. So you got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, how about that? Makes it tougher on the younger buyers, doesn't it? Younger buyers, yeah, it's tougher. Anybody who's using a, a grant loan, a government grant, or um, lower percentage down, it's very hard to compete in a market when you've got 20% down plus and cash coming in and competing with you. Yeah, because if, if you're in a, in a bidding above asking situation, you got to have the cash. If you don't have the cash, you may as well just stay in an apartment or something, right? It's That's, that's kind of where it's at. I mean... Hmm. Don't give up. You know, there's always opportunities out there for people. It's just not getting discouraged, trusting your agent, hiring a professional agent that does this full time day in and day out every day. They know the market better than anybody else. And you may have to get a little creative too, right? You may have to get creative. There's all kinds of different ways to get creative in this market. It's just a matter of working with somebody knowledgeable enough to know those those moves. In terms of uh, people who are... You know, part-time residents uh, in your area, where are most of them coming from? Are they coming from New Jersey, New York, or is it a complex mix of places? Nick, I'll let you take take that one. We're seeing a lot of um, good mix. 
but Nick, can you test a little bit better that? It seems, you know, like obviously primarily it used to be the Philadelphia and the suburbs of Philadelphia. But over the last several years, you're going to see a lot more coming from New York City area up in New York. You're getting a lot more people from down south, from the Washington, D.C., Baltimore uh-huh. area. Okay. Also from, you know, Delaware. It's just kind of coming all together. You know, and you see a lot of people, believe it or not, from other states as well. You know, you see a lot of Ohio license plates. You start seeing a, you know, a mix from all over. Yeah, I was just in Ocean City not long ago, and I saw a lot of New York plates there. There are a lot of New York plates. Yeah, that's interesting. What happened was, you know, after Sandy, a lot of the property up north, not only to get destroyed, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So they needed a place to go. And, you know, obviously Cape May is a little bit farther than the North Jersey area. But when they came down here and they saw what they were missing, they like it. So now... You're seeing a big influx of people from New York who've kind of discovered southern New Jersey rather than central and northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I noticed that when I was down there. It seemed like it was a preponderance of uh, of New York plates and other, and other areas as well. Do you anticipate that inflation and the escalation in interest rates, we don't know where that's going to stop, hopefully it's going to stop soon, will be a, a big factor in uh, 2024 or a, or a non-factor? I think it's always going to be a factor. Um, it's just a matter of how impactful it's going to be. I mean, right now we're seeing people that are still, even though the interest rates are higher, they're just, they're going with what they can, what they can afford at the time. Um, you know, we, I work with lenders that we, we discuss potential opportunities for rate buy downs and things like that. So there are ways that you can get these people into something a little more attractive um, based on the current, current rates. I think it's going to be a factor, but like I said earlier, I do think that the government's going to release some programs to make it more attractive for the home buying for the home buyer and investor. Yeah. One Um, would hope, huh? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We hear that there's been an overall rise in the cost of um, insuring uh, shore properties, probably, you know, probably as a result of uh, the severe weather that's battered Florida and other areas in the South. Uh, over the really the last couple of years, it was just another hurricane not not long ago, hit New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, are increasing insurance insurance rates a factor in your market? I haven't really seen it to be honest with you. Everything's remained pretty stable. Um, I know that they've you know people look at different sort of riders or catastrophic policies or wind riders. There's certain things you can add on to your policies that would add on, but general flood, I haven't seen an uptick much just because we have properties that. Anything newer is at elevation or higher, and it's an it's a non factor. Okay, all right. I would imagine too that you know, given you and I've seen a lot of short properties along that whole stretch that constitutes your market. Are a lot of transactions cash? Right now, we're seeing more cash than normal. I don't know where everybody's getting it, but it's there seems to be a lot of cash flying around. <laughs> I, yeah, I um, I said the same thing. I have like a ravine and behind my house, and I've been looking under rocks there. I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As I said to somebody else, I said, "Man, I'm like you've got these young, these very young people. Just it must be anything tech related. You know, these people are have been high, holding their cash. They're cashing out of things, and they're looking for places to put their money. Just because the market is stable right now, housing is here to stay, especially coastal housing." It's not going anywhere. You're always going. I always say to people, like the water, anywhere on the water around the continental United States, there's only so much of it. So the value is always going to be there. The demand is always going to be there. 
might see little ups and downs, but I think we're on an escalator right now and we're not going down anytime soon. Okay. That's well put. Well put. I, I would agree with you. All right. So what's mm-hmm. your best advice for anybody considering a luxury home purchase in your area of the Jersey Shore? Anybody considering a luxury home purchase, obviously Remax Platinum Properties is the place to go. I mean, we have the we have professional agents, we have wonderful agents that are knowledgeable of the area inshore and offshore. We fit all price points, um, you know, from the luxury homes, even to the, you know, homes that are hop, skip and a jump to the beach, maybe 15, 20 minute drive. I mean, that's closer than three hours. So why not take a look at it? And uh, I wouldn't wait because I really think that right now, is, is a great time to buy. Our inventory is lighter, but there's not very much activity where there's people here every day. You can actually appreciate the town, what it has to offer as a community down here um, in the beautiful fall weather. It's, it's a great time to look at houses, to be honest with you. Yeah. Great way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Just drive on down and take a look. Okay. So we got to leave it there. Uh, we've been talking with Rachel Bachman, franchise owner, Remax Platinum Properties in New Jersey, and Nick Bricker, uh, independent agent for REMAX Platinum Properties. How do people get in touch with you? Our uh, our main office line is 609-822-3300. You can check out our website. It's njplatinumproperties.com. Um, and, you know, we have offices all over all over Atlantic County. So as close as, you know, Mays Landing to Ventnor, Margate, extending down into the south. So we're, we're here for you. Well, thank you very much. Passed on some really excellent advice, too. Uh, uh, We appreciate it, and thanks for being part of your valuable home. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Take care. Bye-bye. Kev, again, we're in the first week of our uh, 2023 Real Estate Roundup. We're speaking with a great friend of your valuable home, Jeff Levine, partner and owner of Keller Williams Real Estate in Doylestown. My favorite, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> Jeff, welcome back to your valuable home. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. Well, it's good to have you back to give our listeners a sense of the market dynamics in this part of Pennsylvania. Uh, Great. Not, not long ago, buyers were paying sometimes $100,000 or more. And I know you and I had a separate conversation about one of the houses that my my um, significant other's daughter look, looked at. Um, bidding over asking for homes out there in a very, very tight seller's market. Is that still happening in, in, in your area? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, just last week, I sold a house $85,000 over for asking price. So, Unreal. Uh, yeah, so it is continuing along in that vein. Yep. You know, we've been, uh, somebody brought up the, 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 the question, nobody knows where all this money is coming from. What's your best guess on that? Well, I think I know where it's coming from. It's coming from um, the baby boomer generation that has a lot of money. It's certainly, I mean, the young ones are, are, are making incredible salaries, some of them. And this is, of course, I'm talking about the, the higher, you know, and buyer's market, not everybody in the country, because there's a lot of people feeling pain in the country. But at the same time, there's a lot of money who have amassed a lot of wealth over the years. And um, they're spending it. People still need to move for certain reasons, and that doesn't stop them. Okay. Well, realistically, can people who get uh, drawn into the frenzy get burned if the market ever goes south? Let's say you pay $100,000 over risk and the market goes south. What happens then? Well, I don't think the market's going to go south. So that's where I start okay. on that question. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, that's good news. It's good news yeah, for everybody. Yeah. 
there's nothing in the data that says that this market's going to go south, that never, even when we've had um, recessions and slight dips in markets, there are some areas of the country that have been hit, no doubt about that, Vegas in the past and you know, uh, Florida, it's different areas, but certainly where, where I am in, in, in Bucks County, Montgomery County, Philadelphia area, we've stayed pretty strong. And there's nothing in the demographics that say that this supply and demand uh, issue is going to shift. There's no, no reason to think that there's going to be magically more supply and less demand happening in the market. That's still a seller's market. Realistically, how long can that go on? Well, you know, I mean, from what I see, it's going to go on for quite a while. I would, I would assume that at some point there may be a little bit of leveling out, but it's truly, we're still, we've never caught up from 2008 when uh, the recession happened um, and the housing builds uh, got cut in half from like a million to 500,000 for like three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And without all of those new homes being built back then, uh, and they're, and we're still not caught up to speed on new homes, even though I know it feels like they're building houses everywhere. There's just not enough product for the number of people that want to buy. And there's nothing telling us that those demographics of buyers is going to change when Gen Z, Gen X and Gen Z and whatever they're called behind that, um, start to come into their, their house buying ages. Yeah, I've, I can't imagine it. I mean, is it possible it goes on for another five years, I guess, right? Well, I think at least, I mean, in my mind, because wow. I think that most real estate shifts tend to last like eight to 10 years. If you look back historically over real estate, I mean, there, you know, that it takes a long time for markets to shift. And, you know, in this market where we are, a lot of the the old ideas don't really hold. You would think that, um, you know, interest rates going up would drive prices down. That's not happening. Um, everything's going up at the same time. So it's an interesting time in real estate. So the mortgage interest rates, I don't know, where are we right now? It's in the sevens, isn't it? Something uh, like yeah, seven, 7.24, I think, today. We're over seven. We have been above seven for quite a while now. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not that's not putting a dent in the market then. Well, it really isn't. I I don't know if it's because people have just gotten used to that rate in some way. It's certainly putting a dent in the market for some people. So there's a whole subset of buyers that we don't have. Um, but there's a lot of people, as we just were saying, that have money that the rate is what the rate is, and they need to buy a house, whether it's marriage, death, divorce babies, you know, all the life events that cause people right. to move. Yeah, yeah. Um, it still needs to happen for those people. And so the interest rate is what the interest rate is. Yes, yeah, this sort of astounds me. And the other thing that astounds me too is the car market. I mean, big SUVs are going for like what, eighty five thousand dollars. Where is where is that coming from? You know? Well, when you talk about, you know, the money, I just, I mean, this is a whole off topic. I'm sorry, but I just heard about, you know, a, a college, uh, not too far, a very good school. And I didn't, I always ask the question, how much is tuition? And when I hear $78,000 a year for college tuition. So, I mean, you know, the the price of everything is just gone Skyrock, away Skyrock, from a lot of yeah. us in a lot of ways. But there are, as you said, a lot of people out there with a lot of money, obviously. Yeah, if you talk about the Ivies, it's probably a lot more than that, too. More than 78. Yeah. Well, this this is Lehigh that I'm talking oh, about. It's a so great, great so, school. So yeah, so it's a great school, but that's what they are, $78,000 a year. Wow. Anyway, back, back, back to real estate. Back to real estate. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
What are you hearing uh, through Cullen Williams' grapevine? Is is what you're experiencing here in Bucks County about the same as your counterparts in uh, other areas, other areas of Pennsylvania? It is, and, and other areas across the country. Hmm. I mean, we are all in the same pocket of uh, not enough supply for the demand. Um, so this is pretty much a, um, a national phenomenon, and I'm not sure that it's not international as well, but I know that it is nationally. Wow. Jerome Powell recently, uh, been some rumblings about another interest rate increase. Uh, my guess is maybe a couple more uh, beginning uh, in early 2024 may be required to achieve the government's target rate of 2% inflation. What effect might that have on the, mar- on the real estate market here? Yeah, I just was reading and I saw Janet Yellen this morning. I think they're going to hold the rate on this next meeting that they're having, which is either tomorrow or Thursday, I forget which. So for a moment, they are going to hold it, it seems. But I don't know that a shift in interest rates is going to affect folks as long as we don't start going over 10%. You know, predictions for next year that I'm reading are that we're going to drop below 7%, that we should be riding somewhere between 6 and 6.5 for the first half of next year by the time we get that. But we'll see. No, I'll tell you, I got a two point six two five, and I thank my lucky stars every every morning when I get up. That, uh, well, and that's and that's one of the issues is that so many people like you either bought at that rate or refinanced at that rate, and they are what we call rate locked. In other words, they don't want to lose that rate to buy the next house. Not only are they paying more money for the next house, but they're also like at least doubling the rate that they currently have. So that's a big hit for most people. And that would describe me. There's no way I would I would get out of my house now. No way. Yeah, exactly. It just it wouldn't make any economic sense. So right. Um, well, that's Jerome Powell thing. that you heard that because I didn't I didn't read that. I didn't have a chance to read the news yet today. So that that's encouraging. Yeah, well, at least at least this go around. They're saying that they're going to hold it, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, I would imagine that the rise in interest rates is also having an impact on the purchase of residential rental properties. Am I right about that? Yes, I mean rentals are just sky high because um, people need a place to live, and if they can't afford to buy a house, I mean, so many of our buyers that have less than twenty percent down are not able to be competitive in this market when it comes to making offers. So people are looking to renew leases. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of people, young people in the last three years. They just can't get out of the rent cycle because they don't have enough down money to make their offer a viable one in a competitive market with competitive offers. So landlords are able to raise the rents and raise the rents and raise the rents. So the rents are rents are phenomenally high. And I will add that right now in Doylestown, we have some new builds of apartment um buildings and complexes that are going up and they are asking amazing rents for our area um, that are, you know, like center city, Philadelphia or New York rents here in Doylestown. Uh, Right now, I don't know how they're going with that, how they're doing, but the the rent numbers are just extremely high for this area. Yeah. I just, well, I hadn't increased mine for three years because I I had good renters in my place. And my Uh belief is that if you got good people, don't, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. uh, But I did, I did uh, raise it now and I got new renters in uh, my, I have a Doylestown property Mm. Uh, in my Mm -hmm. Doylestown property. Very, very happy with that because I'm making up what I didn't have over the last couple of years. Well, and that's what, that's the great thing about renting is that eventually, no matter what interest rate you're paying for it, uh, eventually the, the rates will rise when you're 
interest rate on the loan stays the same. So an investment property is always a good deal over a number of years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got two of them. One's a nightmare. It's in Philadelphia. But the one in Doylestown Oops. has been very, very good to me. <laughs> yeah, Doylestown's hot. No doubt about it. It is. Okay. What's your best advice to a young couple hoping to purchase their first home now? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, my best advice is for them to get advice from a professional realtor who can counsel them how to put the bricks together in a place to build their first home uh, figuratively um, so, so they can put everything in place so they get, you know, uh, a, a mortgage uh, pre-approval so they know what they have to do to improve that process for themselves what they need to save, what they need to pay off, etc. So my best advice is for them to get advice. Um, but obviously they have to start to work on their own personal budget and understand that they want to buy a house, they need to start to readjust their criteria on what they may be looking for and perhaps start with less than what they ideally were hoping for. And also so they can start to put their financial pieces together so they're able to save more money for their down money. You know, we've had this conversation before, but is buying land and building a viable option for some today, especially younger people? Because you could try to wait out the seller's market. And I understand that it's hard to find property. I understand that the process is is a lengthy one, but use the time. I mean, you're not you're not getting a house now anyway because of the seller's market. Does it make sense? Well, it's as difficult to find land as it is to find a house, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And the the prices of land are also extremely high, at least in in our in the Northeast corridor, not just in my particular area. So it makes it difficult. You know, when people are buying houses at 500,000 to well, even more, like say 650 to a million dollars just to knock them down to build the house. So you're talking about, you know, a, a really expensive building lot. So most young people will not be able to do that. The new construction that I see going up is for the wealthy, no doubt about it. Yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, a lot of it seems like for the, for the wealthy or people may have like a pile of cash. That's all. May not necessarily it is. be extremely wealthy. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole point of real estate, you know, post World War II was about bringing the opportunity for home ownership to the masses. Yes, you know, it's why there was the you know the GI incentives. It's why everything was weighted towards that, and it's why home ownership went up so high in the next 40, 50 years since World War II. And now we're in a place where everything is sort of. Um, it's really shifted that it's making it very, very difficult for people under a certain financial barrier to be able to afford to own a house. Real estate happens to be an excellent way to build wealth, so it makes it difficult to build wealth then too, right? It is, and that's why I said with the young couples that they need to readjust their criteria. They need to get into the market. So a lot of young couples want the four-bedroom house on an acre right off the bat, you know, as their first house. And I'm always trying to say to them, can we just start with the one- or two-bedroom condo? Because if you wait three to five years with that, we'll be able to sell it and make some money and take the next step to the twin, to the townhouse, and then you'll be able to have. So there has to be a plan for the future of how you're going to build that equity with real estate to be able to get to where you want to be in 10 or 20 years. It's what most of us did. It's certainly what our parents did, and it's what the the younger generation needs to understand that they have to do as well. I think the younger generation, unlike um, your, and I think you're, maybe you and I are not in the same generation. I, I'm, I'm at the at the leading edge of the baby boomer thing, but mm. uh, 
I'm we a were, baby boomer. There yep. you go. We were yep. into deferred gratification. I think yes. younger people today are not into defer, deferred gratification. No, they want exactly what their parents had immediately today. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. want to move out of their parents' house and have the same house. <laughs> Good you know? point. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely bless, bless their hearts. I have to add that. Bless their hearts. <laughs> but life just doesn't work that way, does it? No, it doesn't. That, that's the voice of experience talking, right? <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. All right. So um, how would you advise a middle-aged couple looking to move up? Should they be doing moving up right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, it depends upon the equity they have in their house and their own finances. But I think I just heard this statistic today. As a matter of fact, um, I was at an office meeting. The average uh, equity that homeowners have in a house in America today is two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's hmm. a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So, so the average American who already has owned a house has built an incredible amount of equity in the past three to five years. And that's what I'm always telling people. You need to understand how much money you have in your home and what you can do with that to be able to move up. So if, you've, if, if it's a move up and not a first-time purchase, that is very doable for most people because of the equity that they have built. Okay. Middle-aged people. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, middle age being 35 to 95. I don't know what middle age is anymore. <laughs> yeah, 95 is the new 25, right? I know. I don't want to call myself old, so I'm still hanging in at middle age. <laughs> All right, Jeff, it's been great talking to you. we got to leave it there, but we're talking to Jeff Levine, who is the partner and owner of Keller Williams Real Estate in the wonderful town of Doylestown, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Jeff, how do people get in touch with you? Oh, they can give me a call on my cell at 215-280-2750, or they can email me. My email address is jeff at jefflevine.com. My last name is spelled with an A, -A L-A-V-I-N-E. I I always have to say that. And you can look for me, Jeff Levine, spelled with an A on Facebook, Instagram, X, or any of the um, social media platforms, and I'm happy to uh, make contact with anybody out there. Well, Jeff said the thing you want to start with if you're looking for a house is to get good advice. And if you're looking in Bucks County, he's the guy. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Take care. Uh, Take care. We'll talk soon. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Bye-bye. Remember the name Probia, your single source for professional class, entry doors, storm doors, patio doors, vinyl and wood clad vinyl windows, vinyl siding, manufactured stone and metal roofing, products made with latest technology and honest old world craftsmanship, the Provia way. That's this week's podcast. Your Valuable Home comes to you every week on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast directories. If you want us to share your home improvement project or horror story, email me at kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. That's kevin at yourvaluablehome.net. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about Your Valuable Home, the weekly podcast that's all about building wealth in residential real estate and hiring the right contractor to do the right job at the right price. 